0: You passed your luck check.
1: It's the No Class Podcast with the ghost of Eddie and Matt Ooh. from the great beyond.
0: All right. Well, welcome to episode 52. If you can believe that, can you believe it's 52 episodes already, Matt?
1: I cannot believe it, sir. I will not be compelled to believe it. It doesn't feel like we even did a 50th. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's crazy strange strange days sir strange days let me adjust my barbecue freak hat oh barbecue I thought that said something else I know I know duh
0: no awkward
1: silences no lulls in the action ever so first things first and I know you can believe this long con I'm gonna talk about long con that's right so, as always, anybody's long time listener, first time caller um you know that you know our our excitement waxes and wanes, but we tend to prop each other up, you know, et cetera. but I'm really getting excited about the impending long con so conversely, I have to get unexcited you what you were excited
0: <laughs> oh. If folks, this would be the perfect time for us to have the video podcast, because Mm -hmm. on our broadcast table right now, Mm -hmm. there's
1: 2,000, 5,000 worth of Dwarven Forge. Yeah, there's an obscene amount of Dwarven Forge on this table, and it's gorgeous. Um, Beautifully painted by our uh, in-house musician,
0: Bradley, Mm -hmm. and our in-house painter, Ron.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they've done a beautiful job. It's just gorgeous. And so as a teaser, uh, I posted pictures to both uh, the Long Con page and the North Texas uh, RPG page, and it's gotten a lot of good attention. It's gorgeous. I mean, you know, and we we stole the idea from Bill Bars, Who stole it from somebody else. Exactly. But this is
0: stolen with permission, so I guess maybe it's borrowed.
1: Yeah, I guess. And he he seemed to be enthused with what we had done. Um,
0: Yeah, he said we really took it up a notch.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so we did a demo, of, we did like a test game yesterday, Eddie did. and I was, So did you. Yeah, I was lucky enough to participate. And I think we had some good feedback and we've got some good ideas to kind of hone. Already Eddie had to implement some really brilliant ideas for how he wanted to do it. And uh, I can't wait to run it at the con. And those playing, I think they're going to have a good, win or lose, they're going to have a good time.
0: Yeah. And as I have said... Hundreds of times since this has been sitting on my table, a lot of people are just going to see the Dwarven Forge and go, "This is a good game."
1: Oh yeah, and I mean honestly, this is just like playing an old style MMO kind of or Diablo, where you're literally just marching from room to room, fighting beasts, hack and slash, hack and slash, taking their loot. But for those that get it, there's deeper strategies. Get it, and that's where, for me, by the way, who won yesterday? I can't remember. I think Ron did. Was it Ron? It was me. Oh. Yeah, but anyway, but that's because having played some of like this already, I understand. So you had an unfair advantage is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And that's what you should always do is have So a technically Ron advantage. won. Well, yeah, if you want to go look at it that way. But you know what? You know who really won? Everyone who played. They were all winners. Well, one thing I will say about this, after you play it once, it mm. makes you want
0: to play again. Cause mm-hmm. it gives you that. But what if I had done this? And you do start thinking about your strategy. Like what if I'd gone left instead of right? What if I had opened this door
1: instead of that door? Or what mm. if I had had a what, team? Yeah, what if I teamed up sooner? What if I divorced quicker or whatever? <clears throat> so that was too funny. Broke up the team, so to speak. Um, Definitely ha-ha. not divorced. Definitely not divorced. Who gets divorces around here? Um, but why I'm just going to say that that's where like you divorces. hit the nail on the head that, uh, 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 that, that, you know, and I talked about this yesterday with them at the pit table, like think deeper, there are deeper strategies. And that's where I could see someone playing it going, crap, if only I had done X, Y, Z, well, that's actually you want to play again. And the, you know,
0: the other thing that I don't remember if you had jetted off at this point, Mm -hmm. but I said, this is also the kind of thing that is a perfect example of why you should go to a con Mm -hmm. because do you have $5,000 worth of beautifully painted Dwarven Forge and a place to set it up and leave it set up for a while. And then can you get your whole party together, which in this day and age, getting six people around a table is a big deal. But can you get 18 to
1: 20 people so that you can actually make a tournament of it? Yeah, And so, yeah, this is a tournament. Now, it's going to be fun to play. Even there are people that are going to stumble into these games going, this is a tournament. I'm going to be like, ugh. But anyway... And they'll have fun. But the people that understand it's a tournament and they try to really strategize and play well, I mean I, I you know, good fortune to you. We've got some beautiful a uh, trophy and we've got some, some uh medal award, you know, hangs around your neck on a ribbon, big medal, uh second and third place. Big medal, medal. Yeah, we've got cash prizes and then I'm gonna have some other swag goodie giveaways to give to people. Um and so, yeah, people are going to have bragging rights. So the cash prizes is basically going to be the
0: equivalent of two badges for first place, one badge for second place. So, I mean, you, you just paid for your entry into the con and or got something yeah, on top of be, it. Yeah. And then third place is still going to go home with about half of the price of a badge. So, I mean, yeah. it's a good way to pay the costs. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, I mean, um, and I'm tickled that this is going to be our the, this is going to be the thing that's going to be the first thing to be in the uh, going forward. Our con has the Doug Ray room, and this will adorn the table in that room for the majority of the weekend. So again, what a great uh, homage, a, a tribute to a guy you know who brought so much fun and adventure and gaming or whatever. Hopefully. And I'm sure he'd like this. He would enjoy oh, yeah. this. I think so. Yeah. So that's really cool. But anyway, anything else about the long
0: concert? Just because we've already mentioned beautifully painted mm-hmm. and Ron so much, mm-hmm. out of the corner of my eye, I am looking at the storm giant that was donated by our buddy TJ from Game Night Games and painted by Ron. Game Night Games? That's right. Say it again. Say it loud. Say it proud. Game Night Games. So if you're looking for fine printed minis mm-hmm. that's the person to check out yep and if you need quality paint jobs there's Ron and he said that took I believe 80 hours wow you
1: know, I, th- it's beautiful work the The beard the, the the veins the musculature the wounds everything he did a great job with all of it it's gorgeous really the detail pops it's very, very great work as always by so Ron so if you're at the long con you'll have a chance to win that Wait you, wait, you can win that beautiful, ginormous
0: Well, even miniature? more maybe interesting, not to uh, besmirch the giant, but mm-hmm. you could get the very 3D printer that it was printed on. What? Because uh, TJ at Game Night Games is going to have up. Uh, he's going to let go of one of his, uh, what are they? Resin printers? Yeah, I'm looking. It's the exact same one that I've got. It's the Epax X1, I think. Well, so it's the exact same model I use that, at home. That, that's folks. a high quality machine. Yeah, it's yeah, and I mean we've seen all
1: the things that have been printed off of it. The quality yeah. you can get out of it. Exactly, exactly. Well, wow, that's exciting. So there's a lot of neat stuff. I know there's going to be some silent auction prizes. I think there's going to be some games too. <laughs> what games? That's crazy. Talk. Special guest
0: David Beatty. David Beatty's coming. Yeah. Um, I tried for Ned. Yeah. But it just didn't happen.
1: Um, now is Richard LeBlanc? I know he's bought a ticket. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is 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 Richard LeBlanc coming? Yes, good deal. I'm looking forward to seeing him. He of uh, Big Dragon, new Big new Dragon, new Big Dragon. No, get that. Dragon. It's not yeah. the old Big Dragon. Yeah, it's that new Big Dragon. But no, his stuff is is top notch. I've got we've got some of his stuff to give away. Wow, just give away. So that's really awesome. All right, well we got a lot of cool special guests and stuff yeah I know the the Stewarts and whatnot and it's awesome so yeah yeah other well, folks since since no one will listen to this that probably knows
0: what I'm talking about yeah. the stewards do that game victorious
1: and you've played that early
0: on and I saw one the other day just I think it randomly came up in my Facebook or something like that where it's like check out this because you like RPGs it was victoriana which is also a steampunk Superhero game, I think.
1: Wow! So somebody ripped them off.
0: I don't know, but it's a real similar name.
1: Wow! Similar S- name, similar idea. So it's wait, wait it's, it's steampunk superheroes, and it's called I Victoria. I believe so. Anna. It's definitely steampunk. Well, uh, they might have. I want to talk to them. They need, maybe need to be suing somebody. S- but yeah, before you say too much, who knows who came out first? Well, yeah, I guess so. But Victoria's been around for a while. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, but, but yeah, that you would
0: think. Either way, you'd go a little bit further in the naming conventions.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, wow. But anyway, but yeah, definitely, if you like steampunk and you like superheroes. Try one of those out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, So that's cool, man. We got a lot of neat people coming. Looking forward to it. It's funny was how many Weird Frontiers games. We already had a lot of Weird Frontiers games posted. And then when David finally decided he was going to come, he added, what, three more. So it's like, holy crap. He's also running uh, DCC it consumes yeah. which is that out is
0: is that in I, some I, I weird that, nebulous that, that, gray that area that just
1: came out I think but I'll say that if you like weird west or just western style adventures man you are going to be in hog heaven which you know yours truly is running hell-bent for leather. Not, not to uh to be to burn this whole thing up but I need to get off my can and write that Mm-mm. <laughs> Don't be one of those people that
0: hasn't written your adventure and cancels
1: yeah. out. Yeah, only a shipbird would do that. But anyway, um, you can count on me. I'm 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 like a diamond. I'm great under pressure.
0: Well the uh, the other thing that I am running this time is barbarians. So I've already quote unquote written that and run it a couple of times. Wow. So yeah, that's just how it's kind of worked out. But I mean when I write barbarian stuff. And I'm sure you'll be the same. It's like two paragraphs. I
1: was going to say, you, you get to come over to my world where you're being minimalist. Isn't it nice? Yeah. Yeah. Eddie knows that he and I are different in that regard. Like a lot of times I'll run an adventure from bullet points. You know, that's all I need is bullet points. And but and, and then I'll flesh it out from there. But anyway. All right. Well, I'm sure that for those of you that are like, Ugh, I don't, enough about long con, you know.
0: All right. Well, then. That will take us into our pop culture goodies. Yay. So I will give Matt a second to open up his phone.
1: Carry on, sir. I'm ready.
0: And say books and comic books.
1: Carry on. You that's your I one. got nothing. You got something? Oh, nothing in your your there. You're yeah, wow, no. So I haven't read any comics or books, but I was just reading something interesting is there's a colorist that works for DC Comics, Gabe, and I hope I'm not mispronouncing his name, L Tabe that he's to exit DC Comics not renewing his contract over the Superman motto change. He's <laughs> he's going to saying I'm tired of them, I guess, DC, ruining these characters. And so anyway, just sort of interesting because there's been just a lot of changes in comics and specifically, you know, why not go after the uh, probably one of the more iconic ones, Superman, you know, and there's been a lot of... we'll say interesting changes that they've decided lately at DC Comics. So anyway. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. All right. So that's the only thing I'd say about comics and books. Okay. Uh, For books, I will
0: say I got that... Was it Wizards of the Game? yeah yeah which is about the history of d and d and all that so mm-hmm. m- once I get through it, I'll hand it off to Matt and then that's probably an episode in the making right there, yeah because I remember one time we talked about
1: Empire of the Imagination which I had bought quickly devoured and loaned to you, and you yep. devoured it, it seemed like, and it was really neat to learn some of the things we did about um like Gygax it was hojova's witness, et cetera just a lot of neat stuff and you know anyway, his the Hollywood period he went through
0: but I can tell you this book is a weighty tome I want to say it's like 20 something on amazon wow. so just as a freaking paperweight i think you get your money's worth mm-hmm. even if there are no words in it just for that much blank paper it probably costs 26 bucks or something
1: yeah something i've been wanting in that vein of knowing more about arneson and gygax was um i wanted to watch that one thing that was done uh, two or three years ago by now about arneson and really it was more about his original game world theme Blackmore.
0: Mm-hmm. oh yeah there was that movie right yeah you, you can't was that dungeon dragons in the basement or something like that mm, or is that am that, i that, giving out the wrong
1: one i think that might be something different but i know that you know Blackmore, blah 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 whatever the the second part of it was and then maybe that's it but anyway it's hard to find the damn thing Yeah, why i don't know but it's like you've got to be on vimeo or something i'm like i don't want to watch on vimeo apparently one time it had been on uh, uh prime or somewhere else or whatever i guess the moment's gone and now good luck but i i want to watch that because i've always wanted to check it out for two is matt rogers watched it had some good things to say and i want to mention on the cast if i could tell people yeah, you know give it a hard pass or yeah check it out or whatever but anyway so i'm throwing myself on that grenade for y'all when i can get if i can find it in a viewable form well thanks buddy hey, no problem all right how about some tv Okay, so streaming on Netflix, um, or no Hulu in this case, dope sick. So it's not gaming or nerd centric, but on a goof, I want to check it out. I really like uh, Keaton, who played Batman back in the day. Mm -hmm. I think he's really blossomed in the Buster Keaton, exactly in 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 recent years (laughs) as an actor, Michael Keaton. And um, he's one of the main characters in that dope sick, and it's re- it's really intriguing. It's the story of how you know uh, opioids have really yep. had a terrible negative impact on our country and the world and whatever. And um, the story of how that came about it's it's really intriguing. I mean, of course, there's some stuff in there that you're like, what does this have to do with opioids? But whatever, yeah. you know, the stage we live in. But overall, I, I would say. Check it out. Your mileage may vary, but there's some good acting. stories, intriguing. There's times you'll be going, "Wow, no way!" You know. Um, so there's that. Um, I also was forced to watch something called You, y- No You, Y O U,
0: which has bumped Squid Games from the top of the Netflix viewing or something like really? that. Really?
1: Yeah. And so my my new friend, um, who's that? Jennifer. Oh, are you making an announcement on the podcast? I intend to, but, okay. you know, whatever. But, anywho, we're watching.
0: Sharp-eared listeners will remember me wanting to give away all Matt's gossip in one of these, but
1: <laughs> we're getting anyway, there. You'll piece all the clues together. Yeah, it's going to save. If you're paying attention and, you, and you've and you listened for a while, you'll, you'll figure some stuff out. But, anyway, she wanted to watch this. I watched it with her. Oh, my gosh. Whew. Okay, again, to each their own. Now, I think that was the third season. Th- yeah, third so season. So did you have to start at the beginning, or did thank, you jump in at the God, third? No, I jumped in at the third. But anyway, what I pieced together is he and her are a married couple that are freaking psychopaths. And so as I sounds walking, like people I've known. Yeah. And so the first couple episodes, he's got all this ennui. You know, I mean, he's just so tragically— uh, uh, Board, you know, with life and marriage and and fatherhood. And I'm just like, ugh. and it, and for every terrible stereotype of uh, that age group that he looks to be, um, is he a millennial? Like millennials. And I'm like, eh, don't stereotype, don't generalize. But in his case, yeah, he is that age and it's that whole, like, I mean, he lives in this idyllic neighborhood in this beautiful house with this lovely wife, with this gorgeous child. And he, blah, 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 life was so miserable. If only my life had more purpose and all this crap. Now, let me ask you, is that the point of the show? Like,
0: he's missing all this beauty around him? Or, this guy's got a point. Life
1: does suck. Well, this is his story. And this guy had this terrible, terrible, tragic upbringing. And that's supposed to be the excuse, I guess, for why he's a psychopath. Well, then, his, his wife, whose name is Love. Anyway, she's a... So, he's trying to turn his life around and be a better person for his son. And then his wife keeps killing people. And he's having to hide the bodies and crap. And so between him killing, like he's recou, is recu- this spoilers? Uh, well, probably. Sorry, but needless will say, if you don't know, these people are psychopaths, which what do psychopaths tend to do? They kill a lot of people. But anyway, and I'm going off on a tangent, but I, this, yeah. ma- but I thought about this. I used to really love gangster movies and shows, and mm-hmm. way back in the Stone Age, when because I have to think how long it's been since the Sopranos were the hot show of the of the age of the time. Mm-hmm. He would get to work and there'd be that water cooler talk about the Sopranos. I remember this, a guy one time going, man, the feds almost got Tony. Thank goodness he got away and those dirty feds. And I'm like, you do understand you're rooting for a psychopath who has murdered people and victimized women and sells like drugs and in prostitution. I'm like, that's how this shows. And it's kind of like, I'm going to give props to you. When Thank you, you. You were first like, hey, go watch Breaking Bad, which is a phenomenal show. You were like, let me know when Walt crossed your line. Because, yeah, Walt's not a good person. And what's what? scary is there are people out there. No, there are um, people in this country in this world right now that are like, probably love Walt to the last second and that's yeah if you could see his face that's disturbing and there are people that are like Skylar's such a bee and I'm like what his wife is trying to rein in his uh, meth selling business and crime sprees and have him be a decent film. I mean that dirty bee you know how dare she this is people and it's disturbing to where people are rooting so with this show no offense I really couldn't get into it because the two main characters are freaking murderous psychopaths but are they flawed characters well of course they're flawed characters yeah (laughs) But all I'm going to say is, I'm sure some out there, it's like, I love that show. And man, more power to you. Apparently a lot of people. It's popular. People. That doesn't mean it's good, but it's popular. But, but that's worrisome because you also look at the incidences of like violence that have spiked up in the last few years. People. people are stuck indoors, and they're tired from COVID, and they're stressed out. Maybe so, but maybe they're watching a show that's normalizing violence. Oh, Grandpa, uh, get know, out of here. Whatever. I'm just saying. Boo this man. I know, I know. Anyway, whatever. I'm off my soapbox, but. Is that it for your tv because i've got a great one now okay lay it on me so i got
0: hbo max Uh huh. so i'm going back and watching all the hits because there's a few things that jump out at me but Mm -hmm. it's kind of like comfort food or whatever i will go back and watch some of the old classics i haven't seen in a while so guess what i've been watching sopranos oh wow (laughs) so that was interesting that you brought that
1: up which i like the sopranos but i was never rooting for tony i mean you know what i mean because yeah he's a bad guy he's a bad dude you know and that's kind
0: of one of those ones too where you could say the same thing about tony you hmm. may be like oh in episode five but at some point he's probably going to cross your line too you hope yeah you would think so where you stop sympathizing with him or empathizing yeah, or because whatever
1: they humanize these despicable people and that's great and that's great storytelling that's great writing in that they can humanize what would be other deplorable characters but if it's no point or do they seem deplorable to you it's not because these writers are that brilliant that they've normalized this despicable person. You might want to stop. You know, I don't know. Anyway. So, uh, still, Sopranos was really good. Mm-hmm. The I'm trying to
0: think. Does it end on season five or season six? It went a while. I think six. I
1: think it was maybe six. There's quite a few But seasons. that one has
0: like an A and a B. And I remember there were some parts of it that were just a total slog. The, the, when he's in the ICU, ugh, I was yep. like pulling teeth. The Kevin infinity
1: but that Finnery. was towards the end of it, and it was getting a little long in the tooth. The series. So you when
0: know? you're not watching it, like that was almost twenty years ago, thirteen years I know, ago. That just
1: kills me when I think about that.
0: And wow. you couldn't fast forward through it live or what have you because you've got to see all this because you don't know what is kind of. I could speed through this. Fever dreams or whatever. Yeah. So with the ability to speed through that kind of stuff after you've seen it once, that was pretty nice. The one thing that you can't change too much is AJ's whining. Ugh. And there is a character that really has no sympathy built in for him. Like you could say, Skylar, with her relationship with Walter White, yeah, she's the one trying to do the responsible thing. Mm -hmm. AJ is just a little bitch through the whole thing.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, I've been watching the Metalocalypse. Oh. Because they've got that on the HBO Max, too. Oh, really? So, mm. checking that out again. Always been a big fan of that. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Oh, and uh, mm-hmm. Curb Your Enthusiasm should be back pretty soon. Cool, cool. So, looking forward to all that. And
1: it's totally metal. How about movies? So, I dusted off an oldie, but a goodie. The other day, I watched Innerspace. Mm-hmm. That's Martin Short and Dennis Quaid and the, at that time, incredibly gorgeous Meg Ryan, their cute little self way back in the early mid eighties when all three of those were hot properties, you know, and, you know, even Martin Short. Yeah. At that time, Martin Short was like, ooh, la, la, whatever. As He as was the up and coming, yeah. Yeah. Comedian. And there, there really is, some, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun little movie and it, you know. Anyway, it was fun. It does, but I have not watched that in literally thirty years or something. So it was like woof, you know. Um, But it makes me blows my. So here is the early '80s, and they thought it's all the rage to put like '50s love songs in there. But I figure, look, the time reference: the early '80s to the late '50s had really wasn't that far apart. Whereas now, if they put 50s love music you'd go oh man that is some antiquated stuff you know I mean well it's kind of like to make you feel old they say that we're
0: further away from back to the future than back to the future was from the 50s back then that way he traveled back into uh-huh. if he was traveling back now he would travel into the 90s or something yeah so that hurts my heart <laughs> there you go <laughs> Marty McFly in the 90s oh man with his frosted tips yeah and more stuff on HBO Max they should sponsor us now for all this. Mm-hmm. But I watched Professor Marson and the Women of Wonder or the Wonderful, I think Women of Wonder. But that's about the uh, creator of Wonder Woman, uh-huh. uh, creator of one of the lie detectors, uh, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. And it's about their, his relationship with his wife and their live-in girlfriend or whatever. Oh, yeah. So it's not a lot about Wonder Woman. It's more about the family. Mm-hmm. And they are thirty-five kids or whatever, oh, but wow. it was a it was actually pretty interesting movie. So check that out if it r- seems r- like something they you they like.
1: This is the guy that they should tap him to help come up with. And no, he came up with it. He came up with the character and introduced and it. Took to it them. to the comics. Isn't that funny? Yep. Wow. So, but you know.
0: All right, we are burning right through the topics. Mm-hmm. Unless you had another movie. Nope. Do you have some video games? No, sir. That's all you. And really, I I had a great back-to-back with the Ghost of Shishima and Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, and now I'm back in a game lull. <gasps> I've actually played a little bit of other Castlevania games just for gee whiz, like, eh, I'll hop on this, play it for five minutes. Played a little bit of Minecraft. Wow. Just, yeah. You're, so You're really bored. <laughs> kind of. But this is kind of, instead of like, I'm going to get deeply into some game and play it for 40 hours straight or something, it's more of like, uh, when I get my uh, addiction, when I have to, you know, I have the I have to have something to take care of the twitch response or whatever, you know, the twitch muscles. Right, right. And then I've been wor- working on my little projects here. Oh, my. So there might be some Kickstarters in our near future. Kickstarters? What? Well, everybody get ready to start kicking. I hear you. There you go. So... No video games for you? No, sir. Another ask. There is no First Eid update, no Osric update. Oh, my. Because I killed those guys fine and dandy last time, and they stayed dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I think last week we worked on putting together this Dwarven Forge dungeon, and then this week I worked on cr- filling it, populating it, the trips and traps and monsters. Mm-hmm. So that took up a lot of time, too. And then yesterday we actually played it, and I think if you heard from them, they would give it a very favorable report. Mm-hmm. So next week we have to do something. Oh, I did get that new as I reach behind me for a minute. Dun 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 dun.
1: Oh wow. Temple
0: of Elemental Evil cool. set from oh Goodman my gosh, Games.
1: That thing is huge.
0: So it is the two volume set for a hundred bucks. Wow. But it is gorgeous. It's pretty cool. Uh, Papa John was flipping through it and he really wants to read it just because they always put in those extra behind the scenes stories and stuff. Mm -hmm. And potentially we'll start running that since we've got to come back in with fresh new characters anyway. Cool. So we'll see where that goes. Nice. All right. So that is all of our pop culture
1: and one last bit. Formal stuff. Go ahead. All right. So this morning, just like right as I was getting here, Whoa, popping up, up this was and you got your- there was a twitch leak. Basically, someone broke into. You'll probably have to see a urologist. Exactly. When you were talking about twitching a minute ago, I thought, how, how appropriate. So there was a twitch leak, break in, whatever. Somebody uh, hacked their system and disseminated this information. And what they found, who their biggest earners were, and their top earner, Critical Role, $9.6 million. Screw those guys and their success. Exactly. That's the
0: one you were telling me about earlier. Like, yeah. People are hating on them now because of the yeah. success. And I hadn't heard that because they're such big earners. I heard that, I guess, since they're getting the animated show or something. But, And, hey, I'm I'm the pot calling the kettle black here. But once something gets popular, if you liked it before it was super popular, then you have to hate it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what your personal relationship, listener, is with Critical Role. Mm-hmm. I've never been into it but that doesn't mean I I hate them or wish ill upon them it's yeah. just watching somebody else play has not been my cup of tea and it's been hard to find the time to sit down and watch it and the desire to sit down and watch
1: yeah. it I've sat down a couple of times and tried to and I, I just couldn't do it indeed Sharon we would never would have met Laurelin we never would have met Cody I don't think if it, if it wasn't for Critical Role that's what brought them to Tabletop Gaming so bravo Yeah, and I don't doubt that they've done good things for the hobby But Watsy yeah. owes them a lot yeah but I will say that, uh, and you know where most of this vitriol is. Go figure that dumpster fire full of diapers that is Twitter is where people are really like, you know, uh, trying to drag them through the dirt. But anyway, I just thought that was interesting, and that's like even someone made the comment like, well, you know, man, it sounds like they probably didn't need to have done that Kickstarter or Go 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 whatever to get the money for their cartoon. They probably could have just reached into their own, you know, pockets. But why? It. But why exactly? And so yeah, I mean. Um, you can so, get it funded by somebody else. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Speaking of somebody that's going to start a Kickstarter, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm talking about we, we don't have 9.6 million or anything or close to it in our back pocket. Well, I hate to say, like uh, proportionately, yeah, maybe. But ultimately, well, here's the thing, like with us, we have a little con that barely breaks even every time. So it's not like we're rolling in the dough.
0: But what if somebody said? I'll pay all the costs associated with that con and you guys just take the profit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And Hey, don't we get will me wrong. sell out I, in a hurry. You know, people know they've listen to this. I have no problem with, with, with capitalism. I'm, I think it's great that those people are, are, are making money. Heaven forbid. Here's the thing is if they weren't, would they keep doing it? And then, so think how much you enjoy right. it if you enjoy it. And yeah, that's why people, people don't do things just out of no one's doing out of the charity of their own sweet little hearts. I mean, they're going to get paid if they're going to keep doing it, you know. So anyway, so that's that's all I have to say about pop Vote culture. with your wallet. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, I just thought y'all might find that interesting. I did. I hope you did out there. Okay, and and I will have some stuff for next time. That I have a list of things to watch. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. Shites. Yeah. Okay. So it's not out yet, but Spine of the Night. I posted a video for Eddie to see. <laughs> yeah, that's coming out soonish. Did this movie just tell me to get high? Exactly. Yeah. Yes, it did. Yes, it. I said yes, it did. Right, Spine of the Night looks really intriguing. Um, it's a it's a cartoon, but it's like rotoscope, not rotoscope. But what is it? Yeah, B- I B- think that's it. Pikachu used to, used to do Bakshi or whatever years ago. Yeah, 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 rotoscope. So it's gonna be like rotoscope. So it's real. Which interesting. I have to say, that movie. Might be fantastic, but I am not a fan of the rotoscope. Rotoscope, yeah. And then um, there's a, a, also because I'm getting into kind of a Western flair lately. You know, it's like I watched Hateful Eight recently. I watched Josie Wales. I'm going to watch Bone Tomahawk uh-huh. soon. You're, you know what I'm talking about. And then talking about rotoscoping and the classic, talk about Frazetta and how great his work is, I'm going to rewatch Fire and Ice. I remember seeing that at the theater as a young man. And I don't know why as a kid I was underwhelmed. So it'll be fun to watch again as an adult here, 40-some-odd year, maybe almost 35, 40 years later. It'll be interesting. Wow, wow, yeah. wow, wow, So we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll And who knows, if you get a chance to watch it in the meantime, some of these, or you can wait to hear what I have to say, whatever, or not.
0: Well, I'll tell you what's coming up while we're just mercilessly teasing the listener. Yeah. The new Dune.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about it because I've always loved the, the books. So sure. there has been a lot
0: of good uh, reviews on it so far. So I am looking forward to it and I will be checking that out very soon. I want to say that comes out on the 21st now. I think it was originally the 22nd, but it might be like one of those of the night of the 21st or something crazy, but it's right around the corner. And
1: that might be one that, you know, to go see at the theater, you know, maybe. The AMC theaters now are like lounging chairs that are heated Mm -hmm. warmed, cooled, air-conditioned, with a back massage, you. I mean, yeah, they've really tried to up their game to get you back in the theater. So, you know, and that might, that, and I love to see if it's something that's one of those big blockbusters, it's just something about seeing on a big screen with stereophonic sound and all that. Yeah. And we'll see. All right.
0: So I am told there is a topic.
1: There is a topic. So for our, usually we, you know, we start talking about the long con, little pop culture in the middle, and we usually end with uh, something gaming centric. And sometimes, who knows, it's a grab bag of stuff, but. Today I want to talk about magic items.
0: Magic items. Okay, talk about them.
1: Well, so i mean, if you're thinking back to a lot of the old early adventures, like right over here behind me is the the secret of Bone Hill, and in that one, uh, I can remember just, you, you know, in some of those old adventures like that, in those blocks in the room, you find a plus one sword, you find a plus one dagger, you know, Borderlands or something. Oh, you. You look at that hollowed out tree. There's plus one that, you know, plus one this, plus one that. They gave away stuff like that pretty willy nilly. And was that good? Was that bad? I mean, as a player, it's fun getting a, a magic item. And honestly, you probably need the help because player the characters didn't have all the bells and whistles they have now. And I note that when fifth edition came out, it seemed like they, it wasn't, I don't know if they actually came out and never said it somewhere in the books, but I got the impression they kind of wanted you to back off being, over the gems with match goddess because the players have so much oomph from their uh, class abilities and all the bells and whistles they have. You don't need that plus three sword or whatever. Um, and then talking about, um, you know, old school, yeah, you'd find a plus one sword, plus one dagger, whatever, but it was just that plus a plus one sword, you know, ho hum. Also, it seems like, as I remember, weren't there monsters where, like, you had to have a plus one, plus two, plus three sword to even be able to strike that, that monster?
0: Yeah, it seems like there's quite a few. Yeah.
1: So, back then, it's like, I want to fight that glabrezu. Well, if you don't have a plus two weapon, you can't even harm them. Well, we got a wizard. Yeah, the creature is 75% magic immune. Good luck with that. I mean, you know. And so, as, as I'd be curious to the listener, like, if they're like, ugh, I don't like the sound of that, where... If something just sundered, or I lost my plus three sword, well, I can't even harm this monster. Nope. So I don't know. Um, but talking about what, wh- where did role playing games form out of? They came from like fantasy writing, fantasy literature, and those tropes and things. And you can think of, like Bilbo, he found the One Ring, and so Tolkien's kind of like a game master. Like he's a new game master, and sometimes they're overly generous, Monty Hall. And he let a thief of all people find a ring of unlimited invisibility. And it's kind of like that game master later goes, man, I shouldn't have gave <laughs> a thief a, a, a ring of invisibility. So he goes, ooh, I'll just retcon a little backstory for that ring in this bigger curse. Yeah. And so now this thing is a conduit where the evil lord of you know Mordor can get in your brain, and when you're wearing it, him and his forces know where you're at, and da-da-da-da-da. That way I can keep you from just wearing that ring 24-7 and robbing everybody and blah-blah-blah. And so that's the same thing to consider if you want to give your players a really powerful magical item, whether, and definitely if it's a point in the game where they probably shouldn't have something like that, well, there you go. There should be pros and cons, i.e. cursed and or... Even we've seen like and I like d c c and one thing that I like is there's not just magic items running from the sky, and when you do find some of the better ones, they've got a little bit of an f u built into them so that you have yeah. to make that decision like, man, this sword does some cool stuff, ugh, but it does some crap stuff too, well, oh well, you know I mean, so that you know it's a plus
0: one sword, but every time you swing at a baby dies somewhere in the world, yeah, so um.
1: So we're talking about cursed items. And once again, cursed items were pretty depending on who if you how much of a tool your game master or mistress was, they could be a common item or a rare item or whatever, but they were a thing in old school D D. You know, there was a spear that uh, if you swung at somebody and rolled a one, it would literally curve around and stab you in the back or something. And um, so but I've noticed like if you look in the 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 current physician DMG There aren't any cursed items in the set magic item area, are there? I don't think Hmm. there are. Um, um, So it's just interesting that, well, are are they trying to send a message like, hey, cursed items aren't fun. You know, don't do that. I don't know. Well, now you
0: know, I think, when you pick it up pretty much that it's cursed. Or When you sit down with it
1: for 30 minutes to identify it, to attune and all that. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is cursed. Let me throw it away. And so, yeah, I mean, but then you'd figure while you are attuning – it should, it should bond with you regardless. Now, Teehee, it's cursed or whatever. But yeah, that's the thing now. You sit there and meditate with the weapon to bond with it. Yeah. Um, so one thing I remember I noticed that like, I'd gotten a mindset of, you know, yeah, magic items should be rarer as a game master. But then I realized the good thing about being a, a game master and a player is, uh, you know, as a player, it's fun to find magic items. Like, oh, boy, you know, whatever. So you want to give players that fun. Uh, but, you know, you don't want it to be so Monty Hall or... You know, you can try to strike that balance. Well, what I found in more recent years, at the lower levels, I'll give away a lot of expendable magic items. Or, like, if y'all remember when we were playing uh, Adventures League, it, we didn't hardly... we We only found one magic item the whole first season. The plus one bow you got. That was the only magic weapon... Mm-hmm. And, and all those adventures, we just kept waiting when people would, like, claim their magic item for the adventure. Well, I'm going to hold off because I just know that. That plus one sword's around the corner. It's just got to be coming because the time was those would rain from the sky. No. In fact, if it wasn't for the fact that we started with um, the Lost minds of Fandover, my paladin would not even have had a plus one sword, but he found that in Fandover. And even then, I mean, what what I like, though, is when you did find that plus one sword, it had a name, it had a backstory, it had a history. It made it seem... A bin number. Yeah. So it just, it made it seem more cool that, yeah, I mean, you might go, ho-hum, it's a plus one sword. We didn't find a lot of magic items, so that made it seem more ooh-ah. And for two, it had, like I said, a name, it had a backstory. That, that's the kind of thing... And one thing you could even do, like if someone goes, yeah, it's just a plus one sword, but hey, game master, have it shed light out to like five feet or something. So that means it's like, ooh, this thing glows. And when you unsheathe it or whatever, you know, give it little minor bells and whistles that aren't game breaking, but you can make it a little sexier than just it's a plus one sword or dagger or whatever. Um, and I remember uh, like talking about those characters from Adventures League when we quit the Adventures League adventures. And we started using old uh, Living Greyhawk adventures that we kind of tinkered up to work with 5th edition. I threw in at the lower levels trinket magic items. Well, what do you mean by trinket? They were minor, like there was a bell that gave off a silence field, like in a two-foot radius. Well, in the right player's hand, that could be brilliant. So the party gave that to the plate wearer and said, yeah, tie it around your ankle. Guess what? She went from being the person that made all this racket walking around to being the most silent person. At least I mean, her armor might still creak or clank. But I gave them, I took where instead of being normally wearing heavy armor, you have disadvantage on stealth. It was just, you know, straight roll. Like anybody in the party could have taken that, but the party was smart enough to give that to Ellerby. Um, you remember you had that mug. That it was a big ale mug that we could w- always find the nearest tavern. You could always find the nearest tavern. Now, first of all, t- a lot of players would go, "Well, that's stupid. That's a weak match." Got him. No, in the hands of the brilliant player, we ever get lost. Who in especially the woods. was the ranger. Yeah, you get lost in the I woods. I know exactly where we're going. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know where the next town is. You know, or the next tavern. Or and whatever. luckily, he
0: was an alcoholic.
1: Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, you can see we're giving what seems at first like a very minor power, and, and you know, it still wouldn't game breaking. But for the player with the right mindset, it's like, oh, these are neat, you know, little items. And then, like I said, you, if you're, there's something that could do something nifty, but give it like a set number of uses, then it goes away. Like I said, expendable. Or it only works once a day, so it's not being abused. So that's where you can give players magic items, even like I say early on, but really save the real ooh-ah, you know, staff of the magi, staff of power, whatever, you know, for later in the, the deep campaign You know, early on, yeah, still give out magic, but make sure it's not anything that's game breaking. And that's there's ways to limit it. So it's still fun. It's still magic. Potions, dusts. They used to be like the dust of disappearance. You sprinkle that over yourself. Wee, I'm invisible. Yeah, but you just, how many pinches of this powder are there? You know, or our potions can be fun, but they're generally one use, you know. But anyway, what would you, any add input on that? Magic items? For you as a game master, as a player. Not really. (laughs) Did you have some more? Not really, no. (laughs) Okay.
0: The thing is that I know this and you don't. Mm -hmm. All this Dwarven Forge is going away today, Uh and they're on the way to come get it.
1: Oh, okay. So this is one we'll have to wrap up. and may end with the sound of a doorbell on here, guys. Yeah,
0: but the one thing that I'll add in about hopefully real quick on magic items is mm. when your magic items don't grow with you. That's one thing that I like to incorporate in sometimes mm-hmm. is where you, because, I mean, it is so cool when you get that first sword and it's Frostburn or something like that. And you've got a history for it. And then two adventures further, you find the plus two sword and you're like, well, fuck you, Frostburn. You throw it away. Yeah. And you get a bond when you start adventuring with these magic items. So, yeah. Something to think about as a GM, maybe a way that you can level up the magic items with the players. And I know there are systems that do that. Go
1: ahead. No, that's brilliant. And I, we've talked about this before. Unless I'm crazy, Earthon used to have a system where, because um, they thought, too, that it was crap that you'd find this magic item at first so that you adored and then you'd throw it away. No, it could grow with you. And the idea was over time, you would go and interact with some sort of... A, um, sage or something that help you learn more of the lore of the weapon. As you learn more about it, you unlock new powers and abilities. So how cool that a person could start with a sword at first level and keep that sword until a 10th level or whatever or to the end of their character's line because that sword grew with them and unlocked different powers and abilities. That's a cool, I think it's a cool concept. That's a cool idea. And you obviously do too, so yeah. But anywho, yeah. so... But as usual, we'd love to hear what you guys think.
0: And this might be something that we can flesh out and come back to a little bit more and talk about it. Circle back. Some of your favorite magic weapons. Yeah, magic items, period.
1: hmm Yeah. All right. Got anything else? No, I just good to talk to everybody. Hope you're all having a good time, and uh, we'll talk with you all soon. And we'll dive into uh,
0: match relationships and gossip <laughs> later because I can see by that clock on the wall. (laughs) I'm all out of hit points. (laughs) Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.